1: Well, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the dean and founder of DirectionsUniversity.com, the co-founder of Divizio.com, D-U-V-I-S-I-O, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host, the Associate Dean of Directions University and co-founder in both Divisio and the Leveragists, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack.
0: Hello. How are you in Florida today?
1: I am awesome. So glad that hurricane is out of the way.
0: Yeah, I like getting hurricanes out of the way early, before breakfast preferably.
1: Yeah, right? Man, that was a nasty one. So we're back to gorgeous we'll weather. We'll a again. nice little
0: rain shower from it in Indiana.
1: I would think you guys would.
0: All right, we have Karen Glasser on today. For the last 25 years, Karen has dedicated her personal and professional life to communicating and connecting with people. In the early 90s, she was a children's rock and roll singer signed with Rhino Records. She traveled the country singing songs of self-esteem. That experience culminated with a concert at Carnegie Hall. She has eight CDs to her name, including Voice of Hope, which is a collection of spiritual songs to move you through the many experiences in life. She is the author of four books and the host of The Passion Point, an Internet TV show. Today, she is the co-founder of Sparkit Network. She focuses on helping businesses create and leverage digital assets so, they can help, so that they can get found on the Internet. Karen, Welcome. We start out every show with one big question, which is: You said we said a lot of things about you in the introduction, but what is it that you're most passionate? That gets you out of bed in the morning, ready to to go and face the day right now. What are you excited about?
1: I am excited about helping people and just showing up in whatever way somebody needs me to be there. Um, my my target audience is the older generation because I'm one of those people. And I just love helping people and seeing that light bulb go on in their head when they say, oh, my gosh, I can do this, too. So that's what I'm passionate about. And what
0: what does that look like? How does that take shape? How do you help people?
1: Well, I help people get found basically by leveraging digital assets. And so I teach people what digital assets are in the first place because a lot of people don't even know what those are and how they can use those digital assets to create content and collateral and opt-ins and ethical bribes and things like that so that when people are looking for what you do, they actually find you rather than somebody else.
0: That is always very helpful when you're trying to get people to (laughs) pay attention to you and not somebody else. It's so easy to copy uh, nowadays. So like somebody will see something they like and then they'll set up their own campaign and their own uh, assets and everything to kind of mirror what that person's doing And I think it's had the effect in some cases of watering down um, what would otherwise be really good and helpful and useful information. It seems like it's – what do you say about how hard it is to get people to understand you're the real deal when you know that in your industry you're the real deal? You're among a smaller percentage than people think, a handful of people in the industry that are who people should be looking at and following and listening to.
1: You know, that that is such a great question, Jack, and it it is such a challenge because you're absolutely right. Um, I used to say it was the sincerest form of flattery when somebody would, would copy the stuff that I was doing. And then I wasn't quite as generous about thinking it was the sincerest form of flattery because, you know, we put so much time in, you know what it's all about, right? You and Gina. You put so much time in showing up in what you wanna who you want to be seen as an authentic um, a genuine individual. And so to answer your question, I just have to keep reminding myself that I just need to be me. I, I, don't, I, I can't worry about what other people are going to do in terms of copying what I'm doing, other than hopefully somebody's going to say, gee, that looks a lot like what Karen just did. And uh, I've actually had people call me and say, I, I could have sworn that was your campaign. And yes, it was, but that's okay. So I just show up as myself and I show up in service and um, I'm always the first person to show up at the party and say, okay, let's find out exactly where you're at right now and let me give you, you know, four or five things that you can do right now to leverage what you're already doing so that you can go out there and start creating um, whatever it is that you want to create, however you think your, um, your the monetization of it or, um, any of those things, because everyone has a different idea, I believe, in terms of what is going to uh, make them feel like they're valued or that they're, what they provide is of value. So um, I just try to give people a couple of tips without even, you know, I don't charge for that. That is really for me just to be able to see where people are at and to give them some things so that they can go away and start making some money so that when they do have money and they want to spend it on a person like me or somebody else, they're not going bankrupt by charging everything on their credit cards. I want people to be able to feel comfortable um, spending money that they have, not that they are hoping to have later on in the future.
0: Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that sounds awfully ethical of you. Uh,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the rest of the Internet was
0: like that. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. It's, but it's yeah, so forward, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it? It can be, yeah. And, and along those same lines of... of making an impact, making a splash, Um, I'm in the middle of a campaign right now which uh, for me is kind of shocking because it's got like all of the elements of all of the people who support me in everything that I have done in the past, Um, I built it specifically for them to flip out over and have zero or as little as close to zero friction for taking action as possible like in how to understand what it is, how to get behind it and and support it. It's kind of like a cross between a business and a nonprofit. And um, I find it really surprising because everything else that I've ever done has been a sales job. Like I've had to, if I came out with software, I would have to come out with a message that was directed toward a particular audience that showed them why they needed this. And it was mostly an audience that didn't know they needed it until I told them they did. So it was starting from a dead stop. The hard marketing, right? The hardest you can do. And then I figured, you know, after all of these years, after 18 years, I'm going to put something together that is such a freaking no-brainer, like totally easy to understand and, and has no resistance to it, like at all, for the people that I was going after. And I found out I could even confuse them into a state of not taking any action <laughs> if I didn't set Isn't up my amazing? assets right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I cannot believe it. I was, I was just before the launch, I was like, this is going to be huge. <laughs> and, but I really believed and meant it. And I still do. It's just you can, you can be at this for 18 years and you can still mess up and you can still have to make adjustments. Uh, yeah. in, in in what you thought the the market you were going after needed to hear in order to take action and take up take you up on this wonderful, wonderful thing that you've done for the world.
1: What, yeah, what do you I, have I to say about that? What if yeah. a client
0: came to you with that story?
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know what? More and more people, are, I, I mean, I'm hearing these stories over and over again, um, especially people that are saying um, this, this thing that I've been working on for all these years and, I never made a tremendous amount of money, but it, it supported me. And now I can't seem to be able to even get a client, you know, let alone have clients, lots of them. Uh, and this, this is the yeah. message that I'm that I'm getting. I, I, I have, and especially in the older generation, and I, I'm sure it's happening in the younger generation as well. But in the older generation, people that have been doing what they've been doing, and they're, going, they're being dragged kicking and screaming into the Internet world, into the world of the web, and they don't know what they're doing over there, and they can't understand why the things that they've been doing up until now were working, and now they're not working anymore, and they're, they're scared. And they are worried that they're not going to be able to support themselves anymore. And that, to me, breaks my heart, quite frankly. It breaks my heart. And so that is what gets me up in the morning because if I can help somebody just um, switch the, 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 the switch on, you'll flip the switch on, and maybe start going in a different direction so that um, they are comfortable online. I mean, let, 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 let's be honest here. I work with people that don't even know the difference between a URL and an operating system or a mm. browser and an operating system. I work with people and say, okay, I would like you to co- close this window now, and the next thing I know, they're gone because they turned their computer off. And so there is... That's not an easy challenge. market
0: to be in for people no, who are it's not. For it's listeners. Not. I mean, that because... People like that are so easy to take advantage of, yes, and they yes, have yes. been so taken advantage of. I mean, it's, yes. I always use the, um, the analogy, and you'll get this because you were back in the day, but rock and roll, Axl yes. Rose's first, uh, first video on MTV, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, and when he was yes. getting off the bus with a little piece of straw in his mouth and his, his uh, flannel shirt coming out of the country to the big city, and who was there to meet him off of that bus? Right when he got off of that bus were the drug dealers and the, you know, ne'er-do-wells and all the people who were there to take right. advantage of kids that just came in off the farm. That's exactly how I picture when people get on the Internet and know they've got to be there and they know they've got to do something different, but they're, they're that little farm kid that's just stepping off the bus for the first time and everybody's just sitting there waiting for them. And they're lucky they're to find somebody like you yeah. – early as possible but I know that you meet people after they've already been kind of taken advantage of at least once or twice
1: and that and and to answer and that goes back to your original question I mean that's why it's so hard because they have been taken advantage of and they already come into the conversation with me with are you going to be just like them are you going to take advantage of me And so that is why I try really, really hard to show up. So that's like starting at negative.
0: That's that's not starting at zero. That's starting behind the eight ball for sure.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And it's not just in the consulting arena. It's in the uh, event arena. I mean, and and several years ago, in 2012, I was doing lots of events under the um, the uh, moniker of Promote Your Passion, and that's my company. And we did over 20 events in 2012, all across the country. Um, you know, hop, hop, uh, jumping back and forth. Like going. I was in Boston and Florida. I was in your neck of the woods, Gina. I mean, I was all over the place doing these events. And we were fighting the big events, the big people that were, were going out doing these events, charging a lot of money for people to come. And then, not only that, the people would go to these events and then they would sweep them back to the back of the room and charge them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because in the heat of the moment, you know, they wanted to get, do this, they would charge up their yeah. credit cards, and they would buy these programs, and then they would realize that they weren't what they were all cracked up to be. And that put a bad taste in the, in the mm-hmm. event arena. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I know in my oh, experience, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in Northern California, it got to the point where people were like, I'm not going to come to an event anymore, because you're all the same, you're all doing the same thing. And um, it was, that, that was difficult, and it, as difficult as that was, it's even more difficult now because we are now, I think we're in a transition. That's just my own personal opinion. I think we're in a transition. We're going to start seeing the demise of the huge events. They're going away. We're already seeing that. They're going away. The people that used to do these huge events, they're just not doing them anymore. It used to be in Northern California. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> the, the precursor to that, and the people who ruin everything first are marketers. And so yeah. uh, not proudly to say that it's our community who figured out uh, the way the rest of it was going to go when people got a little right. too greedy and all of that. But we killed our uh, conference industry in the late uh, aughts. I mean, 2008, 2009, there were yeah. all, there were just a couple, a tiny handful of really big seminars left because we yeah. had just completely gotten greedy and just blew through. Everybody used every single – Marketers are the first ones to know about everything that will give you an edge, like NLP and all kinds of stuff. That, and really it's for the sake of making money first, and, and nothing good ever really comes of that. Ultimately, if, if, if you're just studying how to make money and how to get people to buy stuff, and then you think about the product that you're selling them in that order, yeah. that's a spell for disaster. And it sounds like that's, what you're saying is it's translated out to a larger uh, part oh, yeah. of the world. And uh, everybody picked up on that, because people watch the marketers, and they're like, man, these marketers are doing $100,000 from stage. We need to learn how to do that with our conference, and boy, did they, sounds like. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of sad, because there are some really great people out there. I'm not saying, I'm certainly not saying, and I know you're not saying it either, that we're all terrible out there. There are some really, really great people out there, and I, I think that, when they figure out how to, to show up in a different way so that they really can differentiate themselves from the others, then they, then they hit the motherload, load and they, they know how to do it. And I really do think that um, those of us who have figured out that if you show up as exactly who you are, and that you uh, that you reach your audience the way they want to consume their information. That's the other thing, and I think that's why it's so important, especially in in my work in terms of digi- just, you know, doing digital assets, is that you want to make sure that you are um, creating assets in the form that your people want to consume them. Some people like to consume their information in videos. Some people like to consume their information like we are doing right now on a podcast or a radio show. Some people like to read it or some people like to see it in an infographic or a checklist or an ebook. book So um, the challenge as marketers for ourselves is that we have to make sure that our information is being um, presented in a way that our end users, you know, what's in it for them, how are they going to consume their information? And that's why I think that I actually had the small amount of success that I've had is because I teach people how to work smarter, not harder. That's the other challenge, is that they get so overwhelmed. You've got people out there that are telling them, you have to be on every single social media site out there because that's the only way you're going to get found. Wrong. That is not the right answer. You do not need to be on every social media platform. Or the person who says, everyone should be doing videos. Well, I happen to believe that video is the best way to get visibility. It shows up first in search engines. It shows up first in, in, you know, obviously YouTube is the second largest search engine. Google is the first one. Their own, you know, YouTube is owned by Google. So I do believe that video is very, very powerful. But if you don't like being on camera or you don't like the way you look, newsflash guys, you look exactly how you look to everybody else. It's you who have a mindset that you don't like the way you look. Get over it. Um, but, but you can do a video, then strip the audio, and then, you know, create a digital asset that way. Create an opt-in. Create those kind of things. Reach your audience where, where they live, and I am passionate about that. Reach them where they live. Just because you think everyone should be reading an e-book doesn't mean that they want to read an e-book.
0: Tell me what you think about targeting in the sense of – we'll go back to my example. I'm going to totally use you for some consulting here today. But I'm, mm-hmm. going to, I'm doing it in an ethical way because I'm asking a question I think a lot of people ought to be asking if they're not. And that is mm-hmm. when you go out with something, you've got a new campaign or you've got something out there that um, – you're really passionate about and you've thought it through a lot and you're, you're trying to be as objective as possible
1: as hard as that
0: is because it's your baby and you thought about it but you know it, this is perfect for the people I put it together for but when you go out you might have um, everybody really excited like Facebook will light up and they're like oh my god this is so great I can't believe you're doing this this is really this is something I was thinking about this the other day and they'll, they'll chat and they'll chat and they'll like and they'll share and your 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 key indicator of success in this campaign is not being taken up, i.e. supporting it, i.e. or buying a product or something like that. But everybody loves you. And you look at your social media feed and it's like, God, you must really be successful because look at all these people. And every time you send something out, they freak out. It's, I'm like, yeah, they freak out, but they're not completely freaking – they're not completing the freak out circle. <laughs> like they're not going and doing and even understanding that there is another thing here. So – I think it's maybe targeting in the sense that people seem really distracted or busy. You know, when you are doing a campaign, you can start to get a picture that develops that can indicate to you that people are trying to be supportive or trying to get into it, but they seem distracted. They seem like they're not completely there. And you can tell by the comments that they leave, the words they use, the difficulty that you have getting to the same people who loved your cat video the day before. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, I shared right. something completely superfluous but fun yesterday, and, and you guys were all over it. And then today I share something fun but, like, has a purpose to it, you know, like something right. to do that was, would really help you out, like these piece free content that would really, and then you get less of that. And I just wonder what you think about I know you've seen this, like this effect oh, happens to everybody. What do you yeah, do with yeah. that in your head psychologically, and how do you adjust to that?
1: Well, I mean, that is, I, I don't know what the answer to that question is. I, I can tell you that um, I have the same issue personally. I mean, the people, in fact, I was just telling my husband this morning, I think I'm going to do a blog post article. I'm a content creator, and I, I considered doing a blog post article on what goes viral versus what doesn't, or what gets more visibility versus what doesn't. And there was this very specific example of something that I posted last year. Um, I'm Jewish. And I'm I'm a religious leader. I'm a cantor. And so I was getting ready for the High Holy Days last year. And I put a post out um, basically saying, um, for those of you who I have offended, I apologize. It was a a very pretty graphic. And basically saying, for anything that I have done to offend anyone this past year, please accept my apology. That was basically it. And the thing went viral. And it was kind of a bizarre thing because it literally got shared almost 25,000 times. By people, wow. I have no idea who they were. It was liked over 3,000 times, and the comments just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. But the, the interesting thing about that was not so much the, the, how much it went viral last year, but the year before that, I shared the same picture and the same exact post, and it only had 200 likes. Now, for a lot of people, 200 likes is a lot of likes, right? But the difference between 200 likes and 3,000 3, likes and 25,000 shares versus 10 shares, what was the difference between one year and the next? So I'm not even, we're not even talking about a post and a different post. Why are people looking at one post over the other one? What's the difference on the very same post same. On, you know, in one year's difference? And I'm not sure I know the answer other than I've been tracking my own um, followers, and I'm actually sharing at this point now because I'm tracking this now, Same post, one year later, and part of what is happening, I think, is that as as your network expands, more and more people see you, but all it takes is one or two people that have a – you're not just talking to your own network, right? You're talking to the networks of your network, and all it takes is one or two people, but it is very frustrating. I agree with you. Oh, my gosh, Jack, I totally agree with you. You put one post up and you have 25,000 shares. The next day you put up a post – and you're lucky if you have two people that even viewed it and right. what's the difference and i think people have and it's not days. just algorithmic no
0: yeah and it's no. not just to put it all on the audience there's algorithms and stuff right Absolutely. like facebook is deciding different ways to show your content to people and and it's based on on facebook's own agenda largely almost right. all the time it's it's like what's going to make sure that our company stays profitable and mm-hmm. and even when you're doing personal posts, even when you're doing, you know, when I do personal posts um, to my network of things that were on my pages and my page put a post up, I put a post on my page that was what I would consider Facebook being easily able to tell was promotional, like it would go to my site or something like that that would link to my right. site, then they want you to use ads. They want you to at least boost right. posts, if not get into their full-blown ads manager. That's, they're a business, Right. So I watch those posts. Yeah, right. But it is kind of like you forget sometimes. You forget and you go and you post something. and It's like, why in the world did this get absolutely no play? And it takes you a second, and then you realize, oh, you trace it all the way back to the beginning. It is a post on my personal um, profile, but it is a post of uh, a, a promotional nature from my page. And Facebook tracks all that all the way back and says, "We really wanted you to boost this, and since you're not going right. to, since you're not boosting it, we're not going to show it to any of your people." Which is yeah. kind of a shock to a lot of people, isn't it, when they find that out for it the first
1: time? Very, it is very much, and that is one of the reasons that I very do very little. Uh, promotional posts or even business posts on my personal profile. It is truly just a personal profile. I do my business posts on my on my groups and my pages and and all of that. And you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Facebook's in business to make money. I mean, of course they are. And I, I kind of chuckle when I hear people saying, "Oh, I'm not going to use Facebook anymore because nobody's seeing my stuff." Well. Yeah, well, remember, guys, Facebook started as a social platform. It did not start as a business platform for individuals to use it to sell their own businesses. Facebook wants you to buy ads. Facebook wants you to boost your posts so that they can continue to create their own economy, um, you know, while you're creating your economy as, as well. I happen to love Facebook Live. And what I love about Facebook Live is that you can you can do you know on your groups on your personal page or on your on your uh, business pages you can do these lives and then you can create content out of them and I am seeing some great traction on that because and I do and ironically, I just told you I don't do anything business on my personal page. I do my Facebook live on my personal page, and mm-hmm. I'm talking about business in my Facebook lives because that is where the majority of my follow, my personal network is, you know, of over whatever it is, 4,000 people. And so when they, I know that I'm going to hit the most people that I can very quickly because that's where people tend to find me first off, and then they go look at my business pages. So I'm loving Facebook Live right now because it is so easy to do. There are programs out there right now where you can actually do Facebook Live right off of your desktop, not on your phone. How cool is that? Yes, OBS, I'm getting ready to do OBS one of those. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I, I want to do that project.
0: really soon. Yeah, you can use a yeah. lower third. Uh, you can yeah. do it just like a regular broadcast. Like if anybody yeah. got really good at Hangouts and got uh, savvy enough to do your lower third, make it look like studio quality and all that kind of stuff, you can now do that. I can't even remember the program that I set up the other day. I got it's busy and, and went away from it, but I fully intend to take advantage of that. because. Oh, yeah,
1: it, yeah, yeah, it's It awesome. is cool. It's Plus, awesome. you
0: get the wide angle, and you get, you know, it just is going to look a lot better. Like Joel Kahn yeah. and those guys have been doing, uh, uh, Jason Moffat and those guys figured that stuff out really early, and I never understood how they were doing it until I found a couple of the yeah. tools that, are, that they're using, and that changes the game for Facebook it is, Live because they show favoritism yeah. for it, right?
1: Yeah, it's de- definitely a game changer. It's called the OBS Project. So if you go look online, guys, it's called OBS. It, and it's free. That's the other thing. This is a free um, platform that you can put right onto your computer. You can um, literally broadcast to all of your different profiles. You can have multiple cameras. You can have intros and outros. You can do your filters and all sorts of really cool things. So I'm, you can tell I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about that. But it's a great way to work smarter, not harder. You can record your videos, Facebook Live, and you can see your views. And I'm very I'm excited because one of the things that I encourage people to do if they're going to do stuff like this is to go and interact with the people that are actually making comments on your post. That is one of the yeah. challenges people have. They, they post stuff, and then they never go back and look and see if anybody responded or asked a question or liked it go back in there especially in Facebook Live and then download the video. You can download the video from Facebook Live. You know that, right? It's very cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's uh, and the thing is there's a pattern developing here. Every time Facebook or any company like it when Google Plus when they were when they were Google Plus and uh, right. and YouTube and places whenever they come out with a new feature They're just like us when we come out with a new feature or a new product or service. They're very, very excited about it. And they're going to do everything in their power to make sure the world knows about it. So every time Facebook has come out with a new thing, people have been a little slow on the uptake to what that means. You want to be on it just because Facebook is excited about it. So right now I'm hearing from all kinds of people, and I'm sure you are too, that just by doing Facebook Live, they're getting more interaction than they have on Facebook in a long time, and I wonder why that is.
1: Well, I think because they're seeing you. I mean, we talked about this in the beginning of the of uh, the conversation. Is that they're seeing you? The whole conversation model changes when you're on video. Normally, when people um, talk to you, they can hear the tonality of your voice, right? And if you're on video, they can see your face. So if you're if you're excited about something or you're in, intense or intent on getting a message across, they see you and either they're going to connect with you or they're not. And, and that's the other thing. I, I also believe that, that there are lots, lots of fish in the ocean you can, And I'd rather, you know, swim in the blue ocean of abundance rather than the red sea of scarcity. And so I know there's lots of people out there that do what I do. And some people are going to resonate with me and some people are going to resonate with, you know, you, right? And and the only way that they're going to really know that they like you or they feel comfortable with you or they sense that you're really who you say you are is if they can see you in person. And I think that's why Facebook Live is So awesome, because they can actually see you. You can talk to them while you're online with them. I mean, they can make comments, and if you can, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time and talk and look and read, then you can actually talk with them and direct them to where you want to go. So I'm creating content using these Facebook Live videos. I'm downloading them. I'm then uploading them into YouTube. I'm creating blog posts out of them. I'm creating call to actions with them. I'm creating actual opt-ins with them. So it's, it's actually, again, back to the working smarter, not harder.
0: <laughs> yep. It's leverage. It's all leverage. Yep. Uh, you know, the, leverage other, the other power. part of what you were just talking about, uh, the quality of the video, the, the medium is different. People interact with that medium differently than they do if you do a text update or something.
1: Right, right. But the other
0: half of that is that Facebook is so proud of live right now. Plus, they have a, they, in the fall of last year, they started getting reports. Of uh, a, a drop in original user content being uploaded to not just shared content, you find a cat mm-hmm. video and you share it on Facebook, there was like a four or five percent decline uh, year over year in the amount of or four or five percent of the people who actually use Facebook are the only ones who actually put up new actual content and not just sharing stuff around um, right. and they had a real problem with that because some some people started talking about how that would really affect Facebook in the long term like right. really badly because then it's almost like a TV and people are taking themselves out of the interaction and Facebook only thrives when there is interaction of a meaningful level of number of people who are not just lurkers who are also, you know, producing content for it. So, so their big play in all of this uh, a year later is um, – Video and they've been going all this year with this video, this Facebook Live stuff. uh, It's very, very intentional, and their numbers are back up. They saved themselves. They saved the company with Facebook Live. So, if you want to, if you want to figure out where a a company's interests lie, they also have this thing called an algorithm that decides what content you see, and so they love that they've saved their company by getting people to put up more content. They're taking Facebook Live videos at concerts. They're using it like we used Hangouts on Google to put up brand new original content from the world, not just sharing things. And now when Karen is live, it says on my feed, Karen is live. And it does it a lot more. I've seen live. some people on um, Facebook Live notices, live now and everything. That gets put into my feed from people that I haven't heard from in a while. And if you haven't right. heard from somebody in a while on Facebook, it's likely the algorithm's going to drop them out of your life for good until you go back and interact with their page or their personal profile. Exactly. In this case, I've seen people resurrected through this, and people are starting yeah. to show up live with, when I haven't had much interaction with them at all. And that's how I feel Facebook is very, very proud and very, very interested and has changed their algorithm to show more live content, more live video out there than anything else.
1: Right. And the algorithm very clearly is, is um, set up in such a way that it, it goes both ways. It's, if you're not, if, as the producer of the content, if you're not interacting with other people as well, if you're not going and looking at posts and, and um, commenting and sharing, then, then those people also are not going to see you. So it goes both ways. You, and so, I, you know, I make a point of every day. I mean, I live on My Facebook is open all day long. Um, and I pop in on a regular basis just checking to see what's going on. I'll make a comment here and there, which also then puts me into the eye view of that other person that I made a comment. Mm. And, and therefore, they're going to start seeing some of my stuff. So it works both ways. This is, not, this is not as easy as it sounds, but it's also not as hard as it sounds. It's just being consistent in your behavior um, and, and, and keeping it up. You can't expect to go in and do one thing and say, well, why aren't people following me now? Well, you only did one thing. You have to create yeah. consistency in your marketing. You can't just do a blog post and say, well, why aren't they following me? I don't, I don't understand that. Well, because you only did one. Um, you might want to do several more and you want to make, make sure that you have the right keywords in there so when people are searching for what it is that you're you know, writing about or talking about or doing Facebook Live about, um, they're not going to find you otherwise. And, again, Facebook may not be the right platform for everyone, even though I do believe it's a very popular one. A lot of people use Facebook for business these days and to get their content and their information. Um, but I, it's interesting. Once Facebook uh, you know, went, went live and went live for everybody, um, now we've got Blab has gone away, right? Now you don't have Blab anymore yeah. because they, they, and they, cause they, they could not figure out how to monetize it. And if you can't monetize something but it's taking all your resources, well, that's not going to li- live very much longer. Um, I find it interesting, and I'm going to, I am going gonna—I don't know how you feel about this, what's going to happen with Snapchat. I know it's popular, but with the Facebook Live and being able to have more than two people on and to be able to do this kind of stuff, um, we'll see what happens with you know, with Snapchat. And we'll see how if it stays in the public eye if, or if it goes the way of Google Plus or Blast or things like mm-hmm. that. You know, I'm always curious. I yeah. like to watch the trend.
0: Right, and this is a trend inside of larger trend. The the larger uh-huh. trend was watching um in the 2000s how Google was putting everybody out of business. Like when they came out with Google Docs, what happened to uh Microsoft Office? Oh, <laughs> I yeah. mean it only still survives today just because Microsoft can put itself on all the new computers that are sold, but that's the only reason that it's still around. And some people yeah, like to selling still work a subscription. offline.
1: And you have to pay yeah. for a 360 subscription now if you want to be on Outlook, which I used to live and, and die by Outlook. I don't use Outlook. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Google, And, and think about the countless number of times that that happened over that decade, that Google yeah. was the one that made things obsolete. They, they just had the, the power and the resources to come up with really cool things that were online in the cloud replacing software that you would download and install and make it free. And then the monetization of the guys on the other side of the aisle was we have to sell our stuff to make money. And Google doesn't. Google just has to put ads everywhere. So now we're looking at Facebook doing the same thing. It's a trend of when, um, I don't know, what do they call it when um, so much gravity has gone toward Uh, You know, it used to be a whole bunch of different services. We had a lot more social sites than we do today. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and the gravity of
0: Facebook is so big right now that they just suck in. They're like a black hole, and they just suck in whole stars and systems and everything else. So (laughs) Blab would be an example of that. Snapchat is in very big danger. I agree with you absolutely about that. I, I would be very worried if I was Gary Vaynerchuk and those other guys who really have invested heavily in that. And um, it's simply because when they've got that much momentum, they can just look at something, point at something, and say, I want that. And and we already have the monetization, so if all we have to do is make our service better by spending a billion dollars over here, which is nothing to them, then it's very hard to overcome that. But
1: we are watching in the
0: larger trend how Google has slowed down a lot and changed direction, changed things around. And it doesn't last forever. Everybody in the, in the, you know, 2000s was thinking, in the aughts was thinking, uh, Google is just going to be a company forever. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're not. No, no company is forever. Yeah. Nothing,
1: yeah, it changes. Well, and I would agree. I would agree with that. And, and I think the whole demise of the being able to go live on, on YouTube, you would go through Google Plus originally. And now it's, uh, you know, and I switched over to going live straight through YouTube a, a, a year and a half ago. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, you're still able to do that, but they're also incorporating, right. um, you know, live stream as well, um, and I believe OBS is also going to be incorporated into there. If you if you do any Google Hangouts at this point or live, as they call it uh, YouTube Live, um, you'll notice that you have two different ways to do it. You can do a live event or you can use their actual streaming thing that they've got going on in there, and that's also free. So you have they're 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 refining what they're doing, which I find you know interesting, um, and then you've got YouTube Red, so you know where you pay to play, and that yeah. that that's I think what it's right it's speaking right to what you're saying about Google is that they are having to figure out a way that they monetize what they do because you know. <laughs> It's not It's not as easy. I used to say to people, YouTube may not always be there. And people would look at me and say, well, how, how can you say that? Well, I guess I'm not 100% correct that YouTube's not going to be there, but you're going to have to start paying for it. Yeah. So, and I do it thing. gladly,
0: too. I have to. Yeah. So, oh, and absolutely. when people, I always see in the comments, they're like, oh, these ads or whatever, especially when it's like a meditation. I'm really into meditation. I pick up new ones all right. the time on YouTube. And and I see in the comments people are complaining about ads. And I'm like, what ads? And I have to remember, okay. I pay 10 bucks a month to not have to be bothered yes. by that stuff. And I do it right. so gladly because it completely yeah. alters your experience. On top of that, um, you can't stream anything from YouTube like music, things you don't need to look at the phone for, unless you stay on that screen and you keep your screen live, which is running right. down your battery, and you might want to do other stuff on your phone. I'm like, gosh, exactly. you put those two things together, 10 bucks, that's a deal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm it sure absolutely. millions of others
0: have said the same thing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I'm all. I love technology, so I, I love to see where we're going. Um, and um, I'm. I i, I do not know where we're going, because I think every day that's always a new day. Um, I just actually got involved in in a, in a Kickstarter campaign, something called Hello. Are you familiar with that? Hello, it's something that sits on your TV screen, and, or your actual TV, uh, uh, TV, and it's a conferencing. Platform where you're going to be able to use your TV to conference um, using an app that people can do on their computer and on their phones and their mobile mobile devices, and you're going to be able to stream your, your your meetings live. It's going to take down, I believe, go to go to webinar, go to meeting. It's going to it's yeah. going to take down all these things that that, has, that we thought for is going to be here forever. And you're going to be able to do this right through your TV now. And they're integrating it with Skype. They're integrating it with um, Google Hangouts. They're integrating it with Facebook Live. And you're going to be able to do this right on your TV screen with people sitting on all parts of the country or or the world, for that matter, and be able to interact online with you on your TV because of this, this piece of equipment that they've come out with. It's pretty fascinating. And I thought, okay, well, I'm a first adopter. I need that too. So I, I got one. <laughs> and, and but they're going to be doing a, you know, subscription based service. They're, you're going to pay for it. But if you, you know, bought the Kickstarter, you're in, you know, for a lifetime. So it's, I'll have to come back to you and let you know how that is because I'm very excited Absolutely.
0: about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It is very fun to hang ten over the edge of the internet and look at what's coming. And by the way, don't yeah. feel bad about you don't know where everything's going. If you did there would be venture capitalists (laughs) throwing billions of dollars at you right now because nobody knows where anything's going, and the whole money in all of this is knowing where things are going, which nobody ever ever does except Mm -hmm. for somebody gets lucky. So we're throwing so much at it that something eventually usually sticks, and that will be the new thing for the week. And then there's the gauntlet that that thing has to go through to stay relevant, to become more relevant, first of all, to more people, a critical mass, and then stay relevant.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. But we we know things are changing. Look at our traditional media, the news. um, Where uh, It used to be where you'd see somebody recording the news and, you know, there'd be their name on the lower third. Now it's their name and their Twitter handle. And Uh now they will say at the end, let's continue the story online. Go download our app. And get more information here. So there, this is the sign of the times. We're moving from what used to be traditional media—you sit and watch your news or your tradition, you know, your broadcasting, um, broadcasting or your television shows, sitcom things—and now you've got things like Roku and and Netflix and Hulu and YouTube is now have has this whole thing. You can actually do regular live television with YouTube, uh, and they're promoting it as. And you, if you look at these shows, they're amazing. I mean, they are fully produced shows. So I'm yeah. excited as to what's coming. I'm very excited as to what's coming next.
0: Yeah. Well, how do you coach people in the, in the, you know, you and I are kind of geeks. You have to, we have yeah. to admit that that's, that's yeah. who we are, and we really, really get into this stuff. We'll take the time to read an extra article when everybody else has gone to bed. We will look at stuff in more in-depth because of that passion and interest. And that's true of anybody who's interested in anything. But for the average person, you know, who wants to be able to take advantage of something, going back to the it's not a good idea to be on every social network, um, that's the sign of somebody who doesn't know what to do. So, like, right. Where do you even begin when you're talking to somebody? I know you'll look at their business, and you'll look at what they're good at and whether or not they want to be on video and stuff like that, but to go deeper than that, what, where do you even begin? Because there are so many opportunities out there.
1: Well, the first thing that I'll do with the client is, and even before they're a client, is I will do a strategy call, and I will get on the computer with them, share my screen, and we'll do a mind map. And they'll tell me. And I want them to visually see what their business looks like. So we'll definitely put down, you know, what their main business is, what are the different things they're doing right now, and then we connect the dots. We basically just connect the dots. We look at the low-hanging fruit and say, okay, well, it looks like this is the service you provide, and um, have you considered doing this? And so one of the first things that I do with people are, as I ask them, what are the, the 10 top questions that people ask you about what you do in your business? And they'll go, oh, you know, they're always asking me this, this, and I say, okay, write down those questions. And now I want you to come up with um, your answers for that. And I want you either to create a video or an audio or a checklist answering each one of those questions. Now, since I'm a video girl, I will encourage them to go do the video first and just just go and do it. And then you're going to work smarter because when people ask you those questions, what are you going to do? Go, you know what? I have a playlist. Let me send you this. It answers each one of those questions. Now you've started to put some content out. So that's the very first thing that I do. And, and once they realize that they can just create an asset just by thinking about the questions that people ask them. And then the next step is what are the questions that you wish your potential client or customer would ask you? Because if they only knew that I did this, I could help them. And then I have them do the yeah. same process. And and basically it's that, it's that easy. And then we just look at whatever their skill sets are. You know, if, 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 if they're working in a health and wellness kind of thing, or let's say they are woman-centric and it's more of a, um, a product or like a clothing or something like that, I might encourage them to go look at Pinterest because it's more woman-centric. Um, if they are doing something that's more um, short little snippets of information, like they want to do things like that, quotations, or just get some information out quickly, I might suggest they look at Twitter. Uh, Instagram is the, you know very big right now, and it's also con- it's part of Facebook. So you might want to use one to connect with the other. And then the other thing I do is say, let's again work smarter, not harder. Let's go connect with a platform called If This Then That, so that when you do one piece of content and put it on the one platform that you really want to play on, you can still have If This Then That. It's a, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's the right Oh yeah. Thing. It's, it's wonderful. I, oh my gosh, I, I live and die by it, right? So if I post on Pinterest, the recipe can say, I want you also to share to Twitter. And you don't actually have to go do it yourself. It just automatically will do it for you. So um, go play seriously in the playground or playgrounds that you want to play on, um, but let if this and that do the rest for you. And that's a great way to start.
0: Nice. I love those kinds of things. A lot of people don't know about um, AWeber and lots of other mail service uh, things where you can um, subscribe all of your subscribers to your RSS feed, meaning that you have a newsletter. uh, Mm -hmm. It could go out every Friday, uh, 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 a digest of everything that you posted to your blog the week before since last Friday, automatically gets digized and put into an email and goes out. And you don't have to do anything after you set it up. So, no. you know, people who are like, gosh, I gotta, now I've got to do a newsletter. I'm just getting so overwhelmed. I'm like, you don't have to do a newsletter. Just post to your blog and know your newsletter is getting taken care of every Friday or whenever you decided to mail it out
1: for all the posts right.
0: that you have. And then everybody's coming back to your site, and all you've got to do is post to your blog. It's exactly. wonderful to put those tools in action.
1: It is. And, and I, I, I would say one more ingredient, and that is make sure you have a call to action. Because you can have the best content in the world, but if you don't tell people what to do after they read, watch, listen, then you've lost them. They're gone. So take advantage of that real estate. That means in your YouTube video, take advantage of the real estate in the description. In your newsletter, make sure you have a call to action at the bottom that just simply says, follow me here, or for a free complimentary, complimentary strategy call, or pick up my free ebook. Whatever it is, tell them what to do next. It's amazing how that one little thing can change your business dramatically.
0: It's also amazing how easy it is to forget. And I would recommend people putting CTA, take out a yellow Post-it note or whatever color you like, and put the letters CTA, call to action, on your laptop, so that when you open it up that there's nothing that you do, not a thing that you do out there, if you're putting up a video, if you're doing a live, if you're doing anything else, in every single piece of content that you do, you have to do a call to action. I'm, I'm right. making such a big deal out of it because for me personally, I forget. After doing this for yeah. so long, I still forget. I'm like, oh, I did right. oh, this is great. Oh, crap. I didn't tell right. them what to do. Or even I was too complete. confusing about what I told them. Right. Or I told but them too me. early in the video. Like I told them in the middle, but I, but I forgot to wrap up with that. And I think it would right. be good to have a Post-it note or maybe a tattoo on our foreheads or something. Maybe that's <laughs> radical. Maybe just put a tattoo well, on your, like, the inside of your lip or something. I
1: don't know. Well, that, that, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would be fun. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that, that's the point. And actually, um, I have a nine-step blueprint that we're going to be giving away. I know it's in the, in the notes below the show. Uh, but basically, it's, it, one of the, the steps in the nine-step blueprint that I'm giving away is their, your call to action and what those might look like of the different kinds of things that you can do with a call to action. Um, And that's my call to action on this call today with you is to go get the gift, you know, go get the free blueprint. um, Well, of course, everybody's going to
0: want to know what that URL is. We might as well just let the cat out of the bag.
1: Okay. Well, again, it's it's, uh, creatingdigitalauthority.com forward slash nine dash wave forward slash R-E-F and then Leverage Masters. So you'll but it's I think it's in the link. I saw the show already. The notes are there. So if they just click uh, on it. Oh right, that,
0: but, right, right.
1: Right. But but I, what I want to tell people is because I do believe in showing up with more than you expect. So not only are you going to get that, but when you go and get that book and you're going to opt in. And what that means guys is that you're I'm asking you for your email. Exactly what we've been talking about um, so that you, you'll get on my newsletter list because I do a newsletter every two weeks and it's all content. It's all about how to do things. I don't sell in there. I don't do anything in there. It's basically content from me and then the best blog posts of the week that I have in there. And so go in there and take, take um, advantage of that. But when you're in there, I'm also going to give you four other books uh, and they're free. What's in your toolkit and it's all about business resources, how to run your business. Um, How to Get More Views on YouTube, How to Write Articles to Get Found Online, and also um, 101 um, Marketing of Instagram, How to Use Instagram. And these are all for relative beginners, um, because that really is who I talk with. And so if you're scared of Instagram, go check it out. If you want to do some uh, stuff on YouTube, but you don't know what you're supposed to do next, go get that book as well. Everything's free. It's all free. I want people, I'd like people to be able to succeed and, and be productive what they're doing.
0: Okay, but for anybody who is uh, thinking, okay, she said beginners, I'm no beginner, I'm a total pro, or I'm intermediate, this stuff will be boring for me, I'm not going to go download it, think again, because what I just mentioned about CTA was level 101, and what did I just tell you, I have a hard time remembering (laughs) after all these years of doing. So the reminders that are in beginner stuff, in fact, going back to the basics is one of the biggest things I recommend to people who sound like they've downloaded and bought and done and taken and listened to and viewed and read and, you know, every single thing. I feel like people are too smart for their own good after a certain point and need to go back to the basics. Do you agree? Absolutely. I totally agree.
1: And, again, because I like to not just talk the talk, I like to walk my talk. What I like to tell people is that all of these eBooks that I have in there, I created first as blog posts and then took my blog posts and turned them into eBooks. So I don't just talk about what I do. I actually do what I talk about. And you'll, you'll actually see um, how I do what I do just by looking at these things. So even if you don't even read everything, which I do encourage people to read everything because there's a lot of good information in there, you can actually see how I do what I do. So that's kind of fun to actually yeah. see that, you know, it's not just, I'm not just playing lip service here. So everything that's in there actually was in a, might have been in a different form beforehand. It might have been a checklist that I expanded on or it might have been a video that I did or something like that. So it's a lot of really great information. And even if you're not a beginner, just like you just said, there's a lot of great information in there. And um, I encourage you to go check it out.
0: Yeah. Well, what's the outcome of all of this? Tell me what you would tell people in regards to what, what – I mean, why are you – I know that you're doing something great, and I really, truly appreciate you putting all this information together, but people need those outcomes, right? They need to be able to right. picture how their life is going to be different by the, you know, getting into your vortex. So what, what does that mean to somebody if they take advantage of even like 20% of what you've got to offer for free?
1: Very simply, they will get visible online. If you're not, this is the fact, guys. If you're not visible online, you will not be found. People do not use the yellow pages anymore. People do not, um, you know, look at a magazine and there's an ad in the back of the magazine. People find who they need to provide the services that they need by going online. Think about how you yourself search When you need a plumber or when you need um, uh, some resources, we go and Google it. I mean, for God's sake, that's what we do. We Google it. So if you're not there, how are they going to find you? So what they're going to get very clearly is being visible online. When I say visible, I mean being found online. And it's not difficult. Every single day that you are not creating and leveraging your content, it's costing you and it's costing your business and even your audience, if they can't find you, they're not going to be able to experience you, how you say it, what you say, and more importantly, create that know, like, and trust. So I, I, I can't say this strongly enough that if you take advantage of any of these things that you, you are hearing today or in any other show, if you take advantage of leveraging content, you will become visible online. And with visibility comes... Those clients that are your optimal clients, if you're not visible, they will not show up.
0: Now, uh, being the geek that you are and so into all this stuff, I imagine if we're subscribed to you, you're going to help us cheat a little bit by letting us cheat off your homework and learn about new things that are coming down the pike. You share that as well on your newsletter?
1: Absolutely. Because I love to be able to do that. That's leverage. Yes. Yeah, it's Absolutely. In fact, I did a Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago about the five tools that I use to run my business online. And so I literally did a, um, a breakdown of the five top tools that I use. And it's current. I mean, I just did it two weeks ago. So that's part of what ends up in a newsletter in addition to my blog post. And it's teaching with pictures and little, you know, arrows saying, look over here, this is where the button is kind of thing. Mm. So yeah. it, it's really, it's, it's great stuff. Um, and I do it also to keep myself on track, quite frankly. I, uh, you know, I'm a geek, you're a geek. I need to be really in the moment. I need to know what's out there because people come to me to find out what's the latest and the greatest. And, um, you know, I make people laugh because I get excited over, you know, programs that m- help me make an e-book in five minutes. You know, most people don't understand why that's so cool, but <laughs> <you do. laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, again, it's that whole working smarter, you know, not harder kind of thing, but um, they will become visible when they start doing stuff like this. They can do their own web TV show if they want. They can do their own podcast just like, you know, on Blog Talk Radio. Um, they can do blog posts. They can do, they're going to learn how to do this hands-on, I hold your hand all the way through, even if you're not a client, because for me, it's a matter of yeah. Not having, you know, I want I want people, again, as I said, I keep saying, I, I want to provide the ability for individuals to have maximum success in their business.
0: Karen, thank you so much for being on the show today. You can find Karen on sparkitnetwork.com, and you can also find her very special offer today uh, for all kinds of good free stuff down below, wherever you found this show today. Karen, thanks so much. Thank you.